EMS1.com is the number one online resource for the EMS community and authoritative voice in pre-hospital care. Our members enjoy access to exclusive content from top EMS educators and physicians, award-winning e-newsletters, original video series, member-only product discounts, access to free continuing education courses, and much more. If you're an EMS and not a member of EMS1, join the community for free today. Just go to ems1.com backslash registration. That's ems1.com backslash registration to become a member. Well, once again, it's time to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Cavallaro, and my co-host, sitting in the chair to my right, is our good friend, Kelly Grace from KG. How's it going this week? Oh, man, we're, we're what, six, seven weeks into the puppy saga? <laughs> so it is taking a turn for the surreal, but uh, um, hopefully we will find a, we found a home for him. We'll see how it goes. Well, I got to tell you, man, maybe this is uh, what, uh, you know, the, the challenges of getting the dog placed. Maybe there's no more dogs that come to Casa del Grayson. I, I would be fine with that. I've, I've got a, a girlfriend who is Snow White, though. She's a, she's an animal rescuer uh, extraordinaire. So it's just one of those things, you know. Oh, I get um, you. I get you. She, uh she she travels the world in search of forlorn little animals to rescue and uh this one is no longer forlorn he's turning into a frisky uh handful of a puppy but um his uh our previous arrangements to find him an owner have fallen through and we're i think we we're gonna home him with someone else in texas so hopefully hopefully you find that home you know it's funny that you say that she travels around and uh you know she finds the four long uh, things that she can take care of because i i hear that's exactly how she found you so I, yeah pretty much yeah, yeah pretty so, much i mean it's been working I, I was, out i was i was sat, i was sitting in the rain with a pitiful look on my face in the dark on the side of the road with with sarah mclaughlin music playing in the background and she pulled over and, and gave me a ride that's what emmy awards are made of in there right there isn't it <laughs> yeah exactly i knew Chris, when she picked up this puppy, I knew I was going to have this dog in my home for a while. She was heading to, she was updating some AEDs for a, an agency, uh, updating AED software for them. And she was heading to an appointment to get some of that done. And, uh, she didn't make it there. And I called to see how she was doing. And, and she texted me back. She said, um, text me back a, a picture of a puppy. She said, found him on the side of the road, and he's just tiny, and he's got mange, and, and he's just so skinny and, and weak, and uh, at the vet right now, uh, let you know how it goes, and I went, we have a new dog, don't we? She said, no, 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 we don't have a new dog. I'm just going to get him. Uh, I'm going to see what the vet says, and, and we're going to try to get him well and, and find him a home. I said, we have a new dog, don't we? She said, no, 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 no. It'll... He's, he's an adorable little puppy. As soon as he's healthy, somebody will snap him up. And I said, we have a new dog, don't we? <laughs> I mean, the saga just continues, man. I mean, yeah, we were man. closing closing the chapter on this story, but and, it looks like we've got to figure that out. So remember, you know, Kelly Grayson will drive to you. He will come do your yard work. He will even... I'll paint your back porch. Remember the, remember the days, Kelly, when we were talking about... Uh, 
you know, killed it to kick cancer. And, you know, when you were on the, uh, you know, you were on the circuit of trying to raise as much money as you can for an amazing cause, you would do things for the people who would, uh, you know, get donate uh, a considerable amount of money. Well, now we just change that mindset to if you want to take a dog, Kelly Grayson will do the things that you want him to do within reason to uh, home this dog. Yeah, will humiliate myself for pet adoption services. Um, but, uh, Maybe if there are more people like you, there'd be less uh, pets in shelters. Since we're since we're um, going to have this guy for another couple of weeks, or it's been close to uh, three weeks now, longer than we we expected to, uh, we decided we had to name him. So, oh, we got a name. What did you name the dog? Arlo J. Piddlesworth. How did you come up with something like that? Well, Nancy's a big Arlo Guthrie fan, so she oh. decided to name him Arlo. And uh, uh, we've been kind of halfway calling him Mr. Piddlesworth anyway, because he just, um, he, he's he got a tiny little bladder. He's getting better, but man, you put him in his crate and he will uh, sit there for a little while. And, and then uh, it took us a while to figure out that, that he, he uh, really does need to get out and go pee. Uh, as often as he does. Instead, we thought he was just complaining about being put in his crate. But no, he, he whines and, and wants to go out. He's getting reliable with it. But Jesus, it's it's like, dog, do you have a bladder the size of a thimble? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, at my age as well, I think I, that's starting to happen with me, too. So I'm very, very... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very sympathetic about that. My so, doctor told me as well, Kelly, welcome to your 40s. Told me that right. a couple of years ago. <laughs> Every time I go in, he wants to do a prostate exam. Last time I went, there was wine, there was candles. I'm like, what's going on, doc? Is it a social call? My, um, my doctor said, I have to take a Viagra just to make the stream clear my shoes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, Kelly, next week, you and I are going to be in the same yeah. place. We are going to be in uh, Covington, Kentucky, and uh, we're going to set up a couple shows with our peers to try to, uh, you know, knock a couple of them out in a row. There's some great speakers that are going to be there, and hopefully we can get mm-hmm. them on the show to talk about their areas of expertise. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm excited about that. Uh, we both arrive on Sunday, and uh, we should have a good time down there in Covington, yeah. Kentucky. As we do always, and I got to tell you, I mean, we kind of touched on it last week, but as a regional conference, as as a, you know, a little homespun conference, uh, I think we're in the fourth year now, if I'm not mistaken. This is getting pretty uh, pretty big, and yeah. you know, for the people who are in the Ohio area, for people who are in the region, you know, Kentucky is right there. Um, you know, Indiana isn't far. Um, this is something to consider, if not for this year, at least for next year. Yeah, yeah, they we a lot of a lot of star power at the St. Elizabeth's Conference uh, this year, and and hopefully we can we can leverage some of that star power and put them to use as uh, as guests on our show, bring their their perspective to our listeners. That'd be great. And since we talk about the show, it's, it's probably best that we get into the topics today. And there's been so many things that have been happening in EMS that I think it's important that we just kind of bring some. Uh, you know, we bring some light to them because it's these little things that I think that people overlook that I think is very, very important. I mean, EMS is getting honored with uh, a first responder stamp from the United States Postal Service. 
And, you know, it's these types of things when we talk about the recognition of, uh, you know, of first responders, you know, what does EMS do? And it's amazing that even today we're still having challenges of people saying, I don't know that paramedics can do that. You know, as I'm in this world of community paramedicine and I'm talking to these insurance companies, people are amazed to hear what paramedics are able to do. I mean, it's just, and it blows me away, you know, when you say I can intubate somebody or I can have carry these medicines with me and, you know, I can minister them at a moment's notice. It, it totally blows their mind that we have that ability to, you know, that we have that ability to treat patients in a specific way. But one of the things that I think that the stamp does is it really kind of brings a little bit of recognition. It brings a little bit of awareness to the first responder you know, to first responders out there. And uh, I was really kind of excited to see that. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that, you know, when I was talking to my peers about it, nobody really knew about it. And we've got to really start to pay attention to the things that are happening around us in our career field so we can really kind of uh, take advantage of it and uh, share it with the people who want to learn more about what we're doing. Yeah, you know, historically, we've, we've, haven't done a real good job of, of PR uh, about what we actually do in EMS. Now we've we've done a, a too good of a job at PR uh, and and spreading the message about how to access our services or or how often to access our services to the point where people call EMS for really trivial things that they should not call for. Uh, but but we can't really you know can't really complain. We've been teaching them for. Uh, a couple of generations now to call for the most trivial things. Um, but despite that, they, they still don't have a good idea of what we can do. Um, I remember, I remember many, many years ago, we were taking an MI patient out of uh, a community hospital uh, to a, a cardiac care center. And the, the director of nursing at the community hospital decided she wanted to ride with us. And she was a very sweet lady and, and uh, knew us at the at the ambulance service well. But she was absolutely clueless as to what we did. She'd sit in the back and she'd, she said, uh, um, she said, now, if he ha- if he has chest pain, we're going to have to give him some nitro. Do y'all carry nitro on your ambulances? And I was like, yes, we carry nitro on the ambulance. And she, oh, really? Well, that's good. That's good. And um, I we may have. I love how you're doing the voices too. I mean, yeah, she like, do her. It's like a, she it's did, like a story. She she had she was the wilting magnolia. She was a true Southern belle, and she would you know she said, "Can you do this? Can you do that?" And she just sat with this look of wonder on our face uh, to learn what we were capable of. Uh, uh, and the care we were capable of providing in the back of the ambulance. We had pretty progressive protocols for a small little ambulance service back in the day, and those those protocols would stand up well today. But she was flabbergasted uh, at the at the simplest of things. And I said, you know, we obviously did not do a good job of of teaching other healthcare professions what we're capable of doing. Uh, and and if if I got to lick a stamp. <laughs> to to uh, to help support that and to uh, to to get the word out. Uh, okay, well I'll go buy a book of them. You know, so here's the thing though that I want to ask you. You know, as we talk about this, and I think it's really cool that we're being honored with a stamp. And I haven't bought stamps in a long time. Uh, I'm going to head down to the post office and buy some just so I can keep them in my, you know, in my little treasure chest of uh, memorabilia that I've collected over the years. 
But you know, we we talk are about you, this. Are you a philatelist, uh, Chris? Oh, I I beg your pardon. No, I'm certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that means something other than I'm thinking. Uh, hell no, of course I'm not. And uh, <laughs> I, think that, I think that means stamp collector. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, no, I'm not. Thank you very much for bringing that up. But you know, I do have things that I've collected. You know, patches and coins, and you know, certainly I think this falls in there. Uh, certain. You know, books that I've bought that are first edition, EMS books, I, I think that I've kept those as well. I mean, I don't know that they're going to be worth anything, but they have meaning to me. And, and you know, uh, when I when I think about the growth in, in my career, I want to be able to almost like a photo album, you know, to go yeah. back and say I collected this back in 1990 when I was blah, blah, blah. And so to me, it's almost like a... a you know, a, I guess a photo album is a great way to say it, except they're things, you know, but... You know, the, the but Chris Sabalero Pinterest page would be a right. wonderful glimpse into your psyche. One of the things that uh, we may do is we may just have to turn this into a museum. Maybe we'll yeah. get just like a little, uh, I don't know, like a bar stool. We could set it all on a bar stool and we can just kind of talk about it and take you through the take you through the collection. You know, with this stamp, Kelly, we talk about maybe it brings us a little bit of recognition, but we're still talking about recognition. We're still talking about people don't understand what we do as a career field. We're still talking about, you know, that people don't have that understanding of how we can treat their loved ones. And, you know, you and I really kind of talk about this every EMS week as well. Why are we doing a poor job in our career field of bringing this forward to people and they understand what EMS is about? They don't question what the fire department does. They don't question what the police department does in the sense of their responsibilities, but they don't have the scope of understanding when it comes to the responsibilities of an EMS provider. And I used to think for a lot of years that it was that folks didn't want to deal with an ambulance unless they really needed it. And then when they needed it, they were amazed at the fact of the skills that we were able to do. I look at it from the standpoint of out of sight, out of mind, but that's the only thing that I could think is people don't want to know what they do because maybe it questions their mortality. Maybe it gives them just a little yeah. bit of fear, but, but we're still in this, in this situation years and years later where people are still questioning the abilities of what EMS providers can do. You know, and, and it's so common a phenomenon that we even have a name for it, you know, and, and there's there's products named after it wanting you. Uh, we ain't nothing till you need us. And and that's we, we, we I don't know why we take perverse pride in that or if that's just that or if that's just an inside joke uh, in EMS professionals. But, yeah, we 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 hide our light under a rock quite often. Um, I've often said that we do EMS week entirely wrong uh, instead of advocating, advocating passionately for EMS uh, one week a year in May. What we ought to do is advocate for EMS 51 weeks a year and then take the first week in May off, uh, preferably someplace with, with water lapping at our feet and, and drinks with umbrellas in them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that's. Uh, that's a, a quandary that we've had long before you and I got into EMS, and it'll probably be here long after we're gone. But I want to talk about a story I saw on, on EMS One where a paramedic was suspended uh, for uh, being filmed dancing on break at a mu music festival. This is at the DEF CON One Music Festival in Sydney, Australia. Um, uh, one of the event 
paramedics was on his break. There was no patient care being compromised or anything. He was on his break and uh, somebody filmed him dancing uh, in his uniform and the video went viral. And the paramedic said, hey, guys, I'm about to lose my job over this. Please take that post down. Uh, and they did. But he was suspended anyway. Um, the uh, officials, EMS event medical officials, suspended him for not taking off his uniform before dancing. Um, I got to tell you, Chris, I, I, you know, I don't know what their rules are, so I'm not going to comment uh, on on the justness of, of suspending a medic for dancing harmlessly at a, at a music festival while saying, how dare you enjoy the music? Uh, but it occurs to me that you're constantly seeing viral videos of cops uh, and firefighters doing this sort of thing. There are cops interacting with, with citizens and kids at, at standbys and at street dances and everything. And a cop bust out of bust out with his, with his killer moves uh, and connects with the people that, that, the community he serves. Uh, and those are, are lauded as examples of, of how to do policing, you know, and, and how to, how to connect with the, and spread the message that cops aren't bad people and so on and so forth. It, it boggles the mind why a paramedic doing the same thing gets suspended. Um, uh, although after watching the video, maybe he was just suspended for being a really bad dancer, <laughs> a really bad dancer. Uh, I am not a good dancer. I've got better moves than that. He looked like he, he looked like I did when I was trying to get a B out of my uniform. <laughs> he, was, he was bad, but you know, what's I, I question, what's the big deal? Does that really, I can understand that, that uh, you want a certain level of decorum or whatever, uh, but lighten up a little bit because this really doesn't reflect poorly on EMS or this agency uh, at all. And I, I think that would be the, the number one consideration uh, when, when viewing this sort of thing. Uh, does it reflect poorly on our organization? Uh, what do you think? You know, I've had this discussion with leaders uh, a lot of times. I, I think that I, I like the thought that this helps with the recognition of EMS providers and putting us in the mm -hmm. community. And really kind of changing what we do. I mean, there were times when I remember uh, I used to carry a golf club on my ambulance and I would try to practice my swing when I would get to those posts that were, you know, in, in obscure places that nobody can see. And, you know, when you're waiting for the tones to drop in a system status management uh, deployment, you know, you, you, you may have some time that you're sitting there. You can only read so much. You can only talk so much. You can only listen to the radio so much. Yeah. And, you know, I was having a discussion with uh, with peer leaders uh, about that, and they were really kind of appalled that I would have taken that approach, that if somebody would have seen me doing that. And when we sit in the firehouse, we do things there as well. We sit and put our feet up and we watch TV and we, you know, maybe play pool or maybe play ping pong or whatever it is that we have. But because we're in the light of the public, are we supposed to be the shining light from the north and, you know, be the, the beacon of hope for the people who are waiting for us? And I got to tell you, man, I really like the thought that EMS crews have the ability to be normal people. Dehumanizes us. Yeah, I mean, but then you see videos, you talk about viral videos, and the one that keeps coming to mind that really bugs me is the guy who's chastising the fire crew for shopping in 
picking up their lunch or their meal for yeah. the, you know what I mean? I'm sure you've seen that yeah. as well. So we're really at a kind of a crossroad to say, do we allow our providers to be human in public or do we live up to the, uh, you know, I guess the expectation of the citizens to say um, that you're just supposed to sit there and wait with your hands crossed and a rosary in your hand and, and wait that uh, hopefully it's not a bad thing. And my family is involved in that. And uh, I got to tell you, man, but when it comes to recognition and, and I, we, we pick these two stories specifically that we can put some tie into them, um, how do we get the word out of what we do in EMS? I think one of those ways is interacting with the community and humanizing yeah. who we are as people. Yeah. You know, it, it's an interesting dichotomy to me that now I'm not sure. I, I don't know anything about the business uh the business EMS event medical, but I would imagine that that's what they do is they provide event coverage. They, they may not do emergency scene responses and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I can't comment on their business model, but, but it's interesting to me, interesting to me, the dichotomy of uh, some EMS agencies. Um, you, you're, you're always seeing these things where a medic, uh, or a, a firefighter medic with a particular agency is throwing his weight around, uh, threatening a bystander filming at a scene, which almost always looks horrible for the agency and EMS in general. Uh, some strutting martinet throwing his weight around uh, and, and trying to stop illegal activity. Yet the departments usually stand up for their people when they do that. Yet here, Here's somebody, something that, that humanizes a, a paramedic uh, with with really bad dance moves. Um, but he's out having fun with other music festival goers, and, and he gets punished for that. And, and I think that that senses a couple of conflicting messages there. Uh, and that, you know, as a profession, we may not always have our priorities straight. Let me ask you, as an administrator, let's say that, Christian hospital paramedics were, were standing by at a, at a music festival in St. Louis. And there was uh, uh, um, one of your crews standing around uh, uh, doing their jobs, and all of a sudden their jam comes on, and an impromptu dance-off occurs. And you've got a bunch of kids who are dancing, and your medic breaks out with, uh, with his funky moves. Uh, and get some applause from the crowd. Is that guy going to get punished? Or did, did that guy show, uh, for lack of a better word, did that guy reflect poorly on Christian hospital paramedics? Uh, or was that just a, a nice touch of, of uh, uh, your guys interacting and, and uh, interacting with the community? Yeah, I don't know that I would have had a challenge with it. I think that if it, if it came in as a complaint, you know, we would address it but I don't know that I would discipline. I would probably just use it as a coaching opportunity to say, you know, this was something that happened, you know, spontaneously, uh, but people didn't like it. So we have to think about, you know, the yeah. public, you know, to answer your question, if there's no challenge with it, I don't know that I have a challenge with it. Uh, secondarily, if there was a complaint about it, they're supposed to be working. And instead of working, yeah. they were dancing. I think that's a coaching moment more than it is a get in trouble moment. Gotcha, and gotcha. Uh, there, there was no malice there. There was no, they weren't trying to, 
you know, break rules. They were just in the moment and got caught up in the moment. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's more of a coach. And that's one of the things that we, we, we really need to have a show to kind of go with this. We don't do enough coaching as leaders. I no. mean, we're really quick to go to the policy manual and go to the progressive discipline. And the class that I'll be giving in Covington, Kentucky, we talked about the conference we're going to, is developing a culture of coaching within our organizations. And yeah. I, you know, I invite you to come to the class if you have that opportunity. I think you're leaving Tuesday, so we may miss each other as far as you yeah. come into that class. But we really do need to have a show on changing the paradigm of discipline versus coaching because it's we something do, we that do we don't do well. Too much, exactly. Yeah. We but do anyway, entirely we're, too much management and supervision and not enough mentoring and coaching. I think that where we are now is, uh, you know, we, you know we, we're going back to this recognition. I don't know that I had that challenge, but uh, it certainly is a great topic. And I think, yeah. you know, we uh, as we get up there, we really want to hear what uh, the listeners think about this. Yeah. But I'll give it to you for your standard closing. You know, and, and my perspective on it being is, is if, if this were one of my subordinates, I would not have a problem at all with him getting into an impromptu dance off where I would, where I would uh, impose discipline as if he lost the dance off. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, man, if you're going to bust out some funky moves, make sure they're good moves and that you, you get some mad props from the people you're dancing with. But Hey, that's what I think. You've heard what Chris thinks. We'd like to hear what you think. Do we do a good job of advocating ourselves to the public? What we do, uh, what we're capable of, the fact that we are human beings first and foremost we'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com don't forget to rate us on itunes and for myself and co-host chris sabalero who dances like joe cocker thanks for tuning in to inside ems we'll catch you guys next week